Welcome to a podcast brought to you by Investec. I'm Karen Johnston, and today we are talking to our economic strategist, Chris Becker, about the world of blockchain and bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies. This is a three-part series on the topic. The first topic will be understanding what this world looks like, and the second part will be delving a little bit deeper into the securities around this online world, as well as what the future looks like and the value around a Bitcoin. And in the third part of our series, we'll be looking at Bitcoin for business, from what it is to how we can use it and what to watch out for. Welcome to the studio, Chris. Thanks, Cara. Nice to be here. Okay, Chris, so let's start right at the beginning. Okay, run us through Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrencies. What are these things? So the most basic way to explain Bitcoin is that it's a peer-to-peer digital currency. So in other words, um, a money has been created that is um, not issued by a central authority like a government or a central bank, mm-hmm. who are the main issuers of money these days, okay. where if you need to transfer, say, rands from me to you, and I'm not talking about cash rands like notes or coins, which we can obviously transfer directly to each other without needing anybody to kind of take the rands from me and pass it to you on the other side. Okay. If we're talking about transferring digital rands in South Africa, so if you log into online banking and you transfer rands to someone, you basically ask the intermediary banks to settle those transactions on your behalf. For sure. At a fee. At a fee. Yeah. So what Bitcoin and what cryptocurrencies are is now a mechanism for me to send value from me to you, a unit of a currency mm-hmm. that's digital, without any central authorities or trusted parties or intermediaries between us. So you can now basically send value directly over the internet. The network is kept secure by um, things like cryptography and mathematics. Okay. So it makes it unhackable. It makes it very difficult for hackers to get in between the transactions. So it's a revolutionary technology for money. And the technology and what allows us to do that, to transact in a digital currency, is the technology that underlies something like Bitcoin, which is referred to as the blockchain. And so I think a useful analogy, one way to sort of understand and think about what a blockchain does, without getting into the very minute details, which can be quite complicated to understand, is that if I take a photograph of something, if I have a photograph on my phone, Mm. I can multiply that digital asset, that picture, an infinite number of times. Okay. Okay. So that's always been a problem with digital currencies that are not issued by a central authority or a trusted party, uh, is that money can be sent around many times from my wallet. If it's digital, we need someone to verify and check and make sure that I'm not doing that. Effectively, what a blockchain does is it creates digital scarcity. So let's say I have a a picture on my phone Mm -hmm. or a Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I can now transfer that picture from me to you. And there's an open ledger, distributed ledger that sits on a network of computers, not controlled by anyone. That verifies and makes sure that I've actually transferred that photograph from my, from my phone, from my account, so to speak, mm-hmm. to you. And everybody can see that I've made that transfer. Okay. And so that's how this network of, of distributed computers all talking to each other verify transactions on this network, which is why we don't need a, a, a trusted intermediary to make sure that I haven't sent that picture. The, the network of computers basically does that on our behalf. With the onset now of these new cryptocurrencies coming through, like uh, Litecoin, I think is another one, are they adhering to the same sort of blockchain system behind the scenes there? Yeah, so, so I mean, there's been an absolute explosion of, of, of cryptocurrencies since 
2009. So in 2000, and I think it was October 31st, 2008, a, a individual or possibly even a group of people by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto mm. issued this white paper laying out how this cryptocurrency called Bitcoin could work. And uh, it's open source. So that's the other thing that's quite interesting about this stuff. It's all open source code that yeah. anybody can see and verify to see that the code is legit and it works and it's, it's, it does what it says it does. So that's why technologists and computer science people around the world are so excited about this technology because they've actually gone and looked at the code mm -hmm. and they've seen, wow, this is legitimate, this is, this is proper, mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. And they're excited about it because it's also a permissionless network. Okay? Mm. So what that means is, if you think of the current financial system and how it works, whether you agree with it or, or not, is there are gatekeepers to new products and services that can be built. And there's a whole bunch of regulations around what can or can't be built. But now you've got something like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies that are these open permissionless networks where anyone who sees an opportunity to build or implement new code that runs on this protocol can go ahead and do it. And you've got tens of thousands of people around the world now building applications that actually run on the Bitcoin uh, payments network. Okay, well, let's just, let's just stop it there and make this more real for me, Chris. Yeah, I mean, so, what does this mean? Like, what do you mean these these new apps or developments on a Bitcoin network? So in 2009, okay. when, when Bitcoin was first released as, as, as code, mm. uh, the, the network started to grow and more and more computers were bolting onto this network. You asked about Litecoin earlier. What Litecoin is, Bitcoin is kind of like digital gold. Okay, So okay. it's more expensive to transfer value from me to you. It's built that way for a reason. It's meant to be the most secure, least hackable, or least vulnerable cryptocurrency in the world. Litecoin, what the guys have done is they've copied and pasted the Bitcoin code and made a few tweaks to make the settlement times faster. So when I send you some money, in Litecoin, it's going to be quicker and it's going to be cheaper than Bitcoin. And so to make it real, I've asked you before the podcast to download this app called yes. Jax. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we can perhaps talk through okay. setting up, creating a wallet from nothing. Okay. Um, I think, well, do you want to do that now? Well, why not? Okay. And then we can, I guess we can just edit we'll take it from there. And okay. So it's, it's J-A-X-X. J-A-X-X. Okay. I've just downloaded it. So it's a multi multiple cryptocurrency wallet. So you can create cryptocurrency wallets for Bitcoin, Litecoin, Monero, a whole bunch of them. I'm going to ask you to create a new Litecoin wallet. So okay. click on create new wallet. Alrighty, there we go. Express. Express is okay, fine. Cool. Select Litecoin, so it'll be okay. LTC. Okay, so what's happened here is I've got a whole menu with all the different, are these all the different cryptocurrencies? There's a whole bunch of cryptocurrencies. Okay, so I'm going to go LTC, yeah, Litecoin. Select that. Okay, cool. Take me, take to, me, my to, take me to my wallet. Okay. It's now creating my interface. Hang tight, it says. It's all very exciting. Is this going to cost me money or is this going to no, make me money? No, it's totally free. Okay. And I'm hoping it's the latter. Yeah, it's free. I'm going to send okay. you some money. So you're going oh, to, you're okay. <laughs> you're about to like, <laughs> you're about to earn some crypto. <laughs> okay. So my, I've got a page here now and it says tips and tricks. I'm just yeah. going to skip. So it's just the usual app tips. You can just okay. skip through those things. Alrighty. Okay. I've got it. There we go. And I've now got my wallet interface okay so you've got a qr code mm -hmm. you've got your litecoin balance it says zero point i don't know how many zeros and decimals yeah so for me to send you some value now litecoin okay okay and see you've got your app okay i'm going to so take a picture of your qr code just through your normal photograph through my app your app oh through your app okay yeah i'm going to say i want to send you 10 rand 
Perfect. Um, so Chris has just scanned the little um, code that's come up on my wallet interface. I've punched in 10 Rand on my side. It converts okay. it into a Litecoin amount. Okay. I've sent it from my side. You should be receiving it. Okay. Uh, there we go. Refreshing balance. I've now got 0.01158. So, oh, I've got 76 US cents. Yeah, so it's about nice. 10 Rand that I've just cool. sent you. It cost me less than a Rand to send that money to you. Okay. You didn't have to put in a single bit of personal information in order to open your Litecoin account. Awesome. You can now transact on this network. You can now send Litecoin to other people as well worth 10 Rand. Okay. Anywhere in the world. And so that's what's so cool about this and so revolutionary. And it's why I think young people are going to love this. It's, it's like sending you a WhatsApp. You've just downloaded yeah. an app. I've sent you some Litecoin. It's borderless. It didn't go through a bank. It didn't go through anybody else. Okay, but now what can I do with this? Hang on. So, Apart so from transfer it. Yeah, so so it's kind of like email was in the early days or when WhatsApp was first starting out. When many okay. people didn't have these applications on their phones, they couldn't receive the money and I couldn't send it to people. If stores didn't have email addresses or phones, I couldn't phone them or send emails to For them. For sure, yeah. But I think with technology adoption curves, what tends to happen is when what we've seen in the last 100 or 200 years is that in the, in the early 1900s when electricity came about, it took around 60 years for electricity to become a truly um, mass-adopted technology. It was the same with telephones. Yeah. It took, took a long time for telephones to be adopted. But when you, when you kind of come forward in time and you look at digital technology, things like mobile phones and the Internet, adoption is spreading at a far more rapid rate. And so I think the thing with this technology, which is cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. Litecoin, Bitcoin, mm -hmm. is we've got to give it a couple of years. It's only been around for eight years. I reckon okay. in another eight years, you might be surprised at the number of people who are using this and how widespread adoption is. And then you can, you can pay for it perhaps in stores. Mm. You, can, you, you can use it to buy stuff. I mean, there's, there's several stores that actually already accept things like Bitcoin. Takealot.com is an example. So you can actually go into takealot.com and at checkout select Bitcoin as a payment method. Okay, but now we know there's a bit of regulation around there. There has to be in order for that to be legal in South Africa. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, so the South, South African Reserve Bank in 2014 put out a, put out a white paper uh, just commenting on cryptocurrencies and things like Bitcoin. At the moment, in the latest official in this communication from them, they kind of still view cryptocurrencies as a commodity. And they say that, that people are free to speculate in this market and to use it as long as it's not used as legal tender. So in other words, okay. only RAND can be used to settle debts, pay for things at stores. Merchants may only accept RAND from consumers when they buy goods or services. And then obviously to pay taxes, you also yeah, still it's use RAND. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's going to be interesting to see if, if this network and this, this form of money does become more widely adopted, mm. how it begins to maybe compete with a RAND. Or I think there, may, there, there may, will be payments mechanisms built where you can spend your cryptocurrencies but it ultimately still settles back into, into rand. the rands yeah, yeah. yeah but the value obviously now, now let's, let's talk about the increasing value of cryptocurrency right now i mean we've seen such a sharp takeoff in the last couple of months even really we've had a little bit of a bumpy ride recently with i think china now has stopped some sort of blockchain activity would you just want to run us through that maybe a little bit yeah so a bit of bit of background on this bitcoin okay. is built like i said earlier it's kind of like a digital gold mm. It is the biggest and the safest and the most secure payment system 
for cryptocurrency. So it's a decentralized application for payments. There's another cryptocurrency called Ethereum, but Ethereum's designed with a different purpose in mind. Okay. Ethereum's network of computers validates smart contracts. So you kind of pledge computing power to their blockchain, to their network, and they process smart contracts. Okay. okay. And they have their own cryptocurrency called Ether. And mm. Ether is the token... Uh, you, so if you if you have a computer that's running on that network, you get paid in Ether. Okay. And if you want to have smart contracts execute on the Ethereum network, you have to pay with Ether in order okay. to have those smart contracts executed. So What's a smart contract? One example of a smart contract is there's a new product that's been launched called Prism. Okay. okay? It's basically a smart contract-based uh, wealth management platform. Okay, so you can log into this website, Prism. I think it's still in its beta phase. You can then go on as, as an individual. You say, I want to put $100 into an investment, cryptocurrency portfolio. It gives you a Ether equivalent value of that $100. So it'll be like point something at the moment because the price of Ether is about $300. Mm-hmm. It then gives you an entire list of cryptocurrencies that you can, can, can go and invest in. Okay, so you can select Bitcoin, Litecoin, Monero, a whole bunch. You can specify the weights that you want. Mm-hmm. You click on OK, and then that your selection and the wall and the, and the amount of value that you're going to be depositing into this account gets kind of programmed into a smart contract automatically. Okay, okay? Right. then it gives you an Ether wallet address to say transfer the the money that you want to invest into this con- into this 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 account. Mm-hmm. And the minute that that account receives the money that you've said you're going to be sending, it actually goes and automatically executes and invests in that portfolio of assets for you without okay. a single human intervening. Okay, so let's let's go back a step and let's say, okay, so we were discussing um, the fluctuations in the currency value. And yeah. what do you attribute that to? Because we have seen a slight dip. The price of cryptocurrencies has been extremely volatile in the last few years. It's because it's a new technology that no one knows what it's actually worth. Mm. I mean, uh, these blockchains and, and, and Bitcoin and these things are entirely new, never before seen in history. What are these things going to be worth? Are they going to be widely adopted? Are they going to are they going to compete with banks? Are they going to compete with central banks? Will Bitcoin compete with the rand? You know, there's all these questions around it, and so there's a lot and there's a lot of conflicting opinions around where it's going to go and what the long term story around the stuff yeah. is. And so I think along with that, you have volatile demand, okay. um, and because the supply of of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies the bigger ones are set. They're yes. predetermined. That doesn't change. But it's the way that we value the stuff that changes. And, and yeah. like I was saying earlier, the people who are kind of most excited about this technology are the computer science and technologists, mm. not so much the financiers because mostly they don't understand the stuff because it is complicated. Yeah. You know, it's complicated. And if you're not a computer programmer, how, do you, how are you supposed to understand how this network talks to each other, how this distributed know, ledger is right. maintained? And how and to so, make how to generate wealth off this? I mean, yeah, this is very yeah, interesting so, from that perspective. So those, as well. those, that's the issue. So so the buzz at the moment is the blockchain technology, the underlying technology of Bitcoin is so exciting, and that's what a whole bunch of stuff's going to be used for. So what I'm sort of seeing happening is that that financial institutions, banks, and governments and central banks are all latching onto the blockchain buzzword and they're starting to build their own blockchains to kind of compete with Bitcoin and Ethereum and these networks. Mm. So what they would want to do and what they're doing is they would create these closed loop systems that isn't accessible to everyone. So it's not permissionless, it's not open, and they kind of still control the system. 
but yet and, they're speaking almost the same language. But speaking the same language, using the same technology in yeah. order to implement it. And they're making a few tweaks to it in order okay. to do it their way. Security of information is quite important. Yeah. And there is, there is that security knowing that if it's maybe just slightly regulated or if, there's, if the responsibility lies with someone, like a trusted source, mm. Then you can kind of invest in it. Is there? I mean, how do we break past that mentality? Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it's a great point. The security and the internet wasn't that well developed because mm. it was a very new technology back back in those yeah. days. You know, twenty years ago, it was a very young technology, and and developers and programmers hadn't yet built in the security functionality. So, you know, the companies like PayPal and Thought, mm. Thought T H A W T E. If you've ever paid for something with your credit card online, they provide these little cryptographic encrypted portals through which your credit card data gets sent. Right. You know, it became huge international businesses yeah. because they, they plug that gap in the market for the internet. Yeah. And so that stuff's all going to still get built for for Bitcoin and, and, and these, these cryptocurrencies. Okay. It sounds a little bit like the Wild West, I have to be honest. Like if you're standing on the outside looking in, trying to figure this world out, you know. It, 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 it is a bit like the Wild West. Okay, so... so I've got my wallet now. I can start trading a little bit. So I've got, I think, your address now. So I could probably give you your 10 bucks back. What happens if I want to send to my family members overseas? Under the QR code, yeah. which people, people who have used Zap or SnapScan will know what the QR code yeah. does and how it works. It's the same technology that's used on Bitcoin Okay. to, to put a, seri- a string of numbers and letters, yeah. which is your Litecoin wallet address okay. into a picture format so yeah. underneath the picture there's going to actually be an address that you can copy and paste, and paste it and send so it. you get your family to download a litecoin or a bitcoin wallet in the yeah. uk or australia wherever they are they send you the address okay. you copy and paste it into your app and you can send them some money now i want to go i want i want this 10 bucks how do i go and cash it out do can i or yeah. not yet. If you want to get it back into rands, you can yes. exchange it into Bitcoin okay. um, on a decentralized exchange like Shapeshift, which is really easy and slick to use. Okay. Is, um, that, another, is that an app? It's another app or okay. just a website that you go onto. You don't have to, again, you don't have to register for an account. Okay. You log onto this website, shapeshift.io. Okay. You say you want to deposit Litecoin. You say mm-hmm. you want to receive Bitcoin. You put in your Bitcoin wallet address. Mm-hmm. Um, it then gives you, again, a Litecoin wallet to transfer your money into. Okay. Smart contracts take care of the whole process. So right. the minute they receive the funds, they know it's from you. They convert it into an amount of Bitcoin and they yeah. send it to your Bitcoin wallet address. Okay. And then you're in Bitcoin. And then you can, at South African Bitcoin exchanges, go and sell Bitcoin for rands and you can bring it back into your rand bank account. Okay. So I first looked at the stuff in sort of 2010, 2011. Yeah. And there were no exchanges in South Africa. There was nothing like Shapeshift. There were hardly any wallet apps for your phone. Mm. There was only one cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. Mm. Then you move forward to like 2013, 2014, and you had a local cryptocurrency exchange called BitX. You had wallets that you can use. It was still difficult to sign up with BitX. Um, There were no decentralized exchanges. There was no mass adoption, and it wasn't happening that quickly. There was no Ethereum yet. Ethereum Mm. was just launching in late 2014. Okay. And then you fast forward to today and you look at the, the infrastructure that's been built out. There's a company called Blockstream yeah. who have put satellites in space that now cover the earth with a signal to send Bitcoin transactions. So if your internet shuts that's down amazing. or if you don't have access to the internet, mm. you, all you have to do is point your little satellite receiver up at one of the Blockstream satellites and you can receive and, and send transactions with a Bitcoin network. I mean, it's insane. Thank you, Chris. I think 
It certainly is quite insane what we've been chatting about. Let's end this part um, of our discussion here. To our audience, please tune in for part two of our discussion on cryptocurrency when we chat more about its security, the online features, and what the future may look like. This is a podcast brought to you by Investec.